When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I'm very excited about our guest, Josh Wheeler from Reuters Events. Yes, Reuters. We know them for uh, the information they provide, but they actually now have an events arm of their business, and they have recently released an introduction to the State of Customer Experience and Service 2023 report. We're going to be talking about that and the stats and facts and findings within that report. It's going to be fascinating. Before we dive into that interview, if you've heard the show before, you know what's coming next. If you've got a story or a question that you'd like to ask, I would love to hear it. And you can reach out to me on any of the social channels. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. And if it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep. And I'll be sure to respond there in whatever channel you reach out to me on. It might be in my newsletter. It could be on this show or it could be on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. That could be found on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Prime. And you can even get episodes at BeAmazing.tv. That's BeAmazing.tv. All right, let's get into our interview with Josh Wheeler. Josh, welcome to the show. Shep, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm excited because uh, this is a little bit of a different interview. First of all, Reuters. Everybody thinks of Reuters as a news service. Uh, we get financial information. However, the area that you focus on, and specifically your title is Strategic Events Director of Customer Service and Experience. And these are events that happen throughout the year uh, that you facilitate and bring really cool people together. You know, I know it's it's. We talked about this before we started that you are creating uh, a customer experience uh, summit conference, whatever you want to call it, for people who are in customer experience, which is a really challenging experience to create. <laughs> uh, you're you're absolutely right. They know all the tricks, right? They uh they wrote the trick book. Uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. People know Reuters for for news and research and insights there. And um, Reuters Events is a relatively new addition to that. Uh, we, you know, we joined the company about three or four years ago. Um, and yeah, as you said, our focus is to bring together those communities in every sector we serve. Uh, so for me specifically, that's customer service, customer experience, uh, and really, you know, use that research, uh, facilitate conversation, um, and really help to shape and develop strategy as best we can. Um, yeah, across multiple events and multiple sectors across the year. Yeah. And so you have, or you are creating this research report. I read the introduction to it and it's the state of customer experience and service in 2023. Now, when I do my research, I go after consumers. I go after customers. I do a gen pop study across what looks like, you know, basically the U.S. census. What you've done is you've gone worldwide and you've interviewed hundreds of executives 
from all different size organizations, asking them about their priorities, what they see happening in CX and customer service. So you want to give us a little insight about the report? For sure. And again, you you touched on some great points there around, you know, hundreds of executives from around the world. We have a really great uh, community, a great network that we we really work collaboratively with on developing you know, so things like this report uh, to, to gain insights there and our, our physical events as well. Um, one of the beautiful things about you know, events and content in the CX space is that it's uh, what what I would call industry agnostic, right? We're not confined to one particular industry, say automotive or pharmaceuticals. We we have conversations that cross those lines. They cross discipline lines. They cross uh, industry lines. And and yeah, so with this report, uh, our real aim was to collect data from across those lines, have conversations from executives in various positions in organizations of various sizes, whether that's consumer facing or B2B, um, and paint a real picture of, of, as the title says, the state of customer experience and service in 2023. Right. So it's important to, uh, and I emphasize this with my clients, learn from outside of your industry. If you learn what the best tricks, tactics, strategies, et cetera, et cetera, are from within your industry, from other people within your industry, guess what happens? You get compared to other people in your industry. And for lack of a better term, if you start copying what others are doing, especially your competition, you commoditize what you offer. However, if you go outside of your industry, and I love that you go across all different industries, and if I'm in healthcare, but I could learn something from the restaurant industry or from manufacturing that my other healthcare providers aren't doing, oh my gosh, now I go from best in industry to best in world class if I can implement some of these great ideas. So let's jump into this. I, I thought um, you've divided the report into four parts, uh, part one, two, three, and four. And the first is investing for impact. And there is a great a graphic that you have here that shows the investment challenges that people have in trying to get the C-suite to buy in and spend money on customer experience. At least this is the way I'm looking at it. So there's shrinking budgets, costs are soaring, uh, getting leadership buy-in. Ah, that's a big one, getting leadership buy-in. Mm. So, But mm -hmm. that's not the biggest one. The biggest one is actually, I think, what drives leadership buy-in in that uh, the majority of people said providing and demonstrating ROI, a return on the investment for an investment in the customer experience. Any insights there? For sure, and you know, we were we were talking just before just before the show about about this segment. Um, I think you know, we all know as a sort of backdrop for twenty twenty three, there's a degree of uncertainty on the global stage. Uh, you know, there's economic uh, woes that people are facing, both consumers and organizations. Budgets are being cut historically in the service and experience space. When budgets are cut, um, that can be that can be a difficult time for service and experience initiatives and. With the research that we conduct ahead of of content like this of, of reports like this um the number one thing that people spoke to us about was securing that investment 
Uh, and a key part of that, as you rightly mentioned, is demonstrating ROI. It's kind of a it's a, it's a circle, right? If you can demonstrate that ROI, demonstrate that value that CX initiatives and service initiatives bring, uh, you can secure investment from your leaders. You can secure that C-suite buy-in, that buy-in from across the organization, um, develop those programs, demonstrate more value, and so on it goes. Uh, but yeah, you rightly pointed out the number one concern um, from the respondees to our survey was proving and demonstrating that ROI. What are the right metrics? What are the what's the right language to use? Uh, how do I align my goals with broader business goals? Um, and really, and really, you know, demonstrate the value that I bring. And as we look at the data that we collect on our customers, the number one um, concern, if you will, that came out of this report is the ability to translate insights that you get from data into action. And by the way, uh, 42% of the folks said this uh, on, if you add up to 142%, the next closest was uh, 20%. So there's this, it's like twice as important. And that was the data aggregation and eliminating silos, which eventually would mean that uh, people across different departments would have access to the right information to take care of their customers. You know, we've talked about breaking down silos for years and years. We don't need to go there, but translating insights into action. That, you know, years ago, and I'm going to throw this idea out, there was something called big data. You don't hear as much about it anymore, big data. And the true definition that I read that I liked the most, maybe it's not the true definition, it's the one I liked the most, was <laughs> the data was so big, you didn't know what to do with it. Okay. And I think that's what great leadership can do in this area of collecting data is to know what we need to not look at and what we need to look at and then take action on. No, 100%. And, and, and as you rightly said, you know, the vast majority of, of respondents when it, when it came to, to that data management concern question, translating those insights into action. You know, we, I've spoken to a number of members of our community, whether they're speakers at our previous shows or the folks that have helped me with this research and developing agendas for, for our events, um, data has been such a big concern or such a big talking point for executives in all industries. Um, and, you know, the fundamentals are there, collecting data. We know how to collect data uh, reasonably well, I think, as, as, a, as, as a community. Uh, collating that data has been a challenge. You know, how do we bring it all together? in a way that's accessible, that's, that we can glean insights from. Um, and then the key part, translating those insights into action. How do we take that information and apply it intelligently and at scale, uh, whether you're at a you know, small to medium-sized organization or an enormous organization, uh, how do you really apply those insights? And that's where I think a lot of people have been um, looking for direction or, or struggling to sort of break through um, is, is translating those insights. And I'm going to go a step further and say there's big data, there's little data. I talked about micro data, which is truly the focus on the individual personalization. I'm going to say it's smart data. Which mm. data is smart for you to use? Let's jump to part two of the report. And, and then I want to get into some other insights. But um, this is really interesting to me. The customer-centric objectives over the next 12 months that these executives are working on. And number one was... Here we go back to data, analyzing and using customer feedback. That was number one, followed uh, by, and here are two, two important ones that were tied, improving the quality of customer support experiences. And this is the one I love the most, creating frictionless 
experiences, especially across different channels. As you move, like, mm. I need help. I'm on the website, can't get what I'm looking for, jump over to a phone or send an email. Um, but anyway, I, I just love these customer-centric objectives. Um, and specifically, the whole idea of friction. Anytime you can eliminate friction, the easier company to do business with is going to win. 100%. And you know, eliminating friction, I think that's something that a lot of organizations talk about and kind of tying back to that part one, um, aren't always committed at the higher levels to really following through because it's, again, such a huge differentiator. As you said, the company with the least friction, the organization with the least friction between channels um, is 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 always going to win out. You know, I've spoken to um, a number of organizations in the past couple of months who are at various stages of CX development, whether they're you know really leading the charge and using all these you know, technologies of the future really blazing the way, or whether they're, you know, smaller, they're less further along, they're from an industry who are, you know, self, self-professed self that they're behind some of the other industries. Um, I'm going to use the specific example of insurance. Uh, when I speak to some of our, our community members from insurance companies, they, they throw their hands up and they say, hey, look, we're five, 10 years behind where someone like Walmart or Amazon wow. is at. And, you know, we know that, we recognize that. Um, as you kind of touched on uh, towards the start, you mentioned that, you know, learning from outside your industry can really help um, just knock that CX out of the ballpark. Uh, your customer isn't confined to one industry. Your customer's experiences don't take place within one industry, right? They interact with dozens of organizations. Yeah. And this is so important. Yeah. I, I want to emphasize what you just said. I'm going to phrase it in a, in, in a way that I've been telling my clients for years. Your customers don't compare you to a direct competitor. Often, mm. they're just comparing you to the best experience they receive from anywhere, any type of company, any business, and they're bringing it back to what's happening with the relationship that we have, the business that we're doing together. Precisely, and and that's where you know you as a as as one of those industries. I'll, I'll lean on insurance. I apologize to insurance practitioners. <laughs> I have it's nothing but love, I promise. But uh, but this is just based on conversations that I've had with 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 the professionals there. Um, yeah, they say, oh my god, you know, my customer is comparing me now to these these huge you know retail organizations or, yeah. or online online you know e-commerce organizations and their customer experience that they've had there, and they're bringing that to to their healthcare provider or their insurance provider. Um, we really need to listen to what's going on outside of this outside of this industry, um, and and to tie that back to the to the omnichannel experience. Again, some people in the CX space you know, are using all the latest tools, all the latest channels. They're everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, they're meeting their customers where they are. Some are still using you know uh, just a landline or just an email. They haven't ventured out into the into the uh, the digital channels as much. Um, and when you have such a range of channels, so Omaha Steaks, are you familiar with Omaha Steaks? Oh yeah, I know Omaha Steaks yeah. well. And, and so, by the way, what are you, a, a guy in the UK talking about Omaha Steaks? <laughs> uh, well, my my wife is American, so I can uh, I can lean on that, I think. Okay, the, there you go. American influence. But Omaha Steaks, um, you know, we did some work with them on our San Diego event last year. And they uh, still operate this, you know, uh, landline that they've operated for decades. I don't remember the exact figure, so I won't, I won't uh, misrepresent them here. But it decades and decades. And they said, you know, 
um, our stakes, a large portion of their customers are, are, you know, older customers and they've, they've used Omaha stakes in various, various forms for, for a long, long time. And maintaining that channel has been really, really important. And if they were to neglect that channel or, or, or make it more difficult to reach, um, that would have a really negative impact on the customer experience of those existing customers. Um, as, and the focus on going fully digital would, would actually have a net uh, negative impact. But uh, this that starts to venture into loyalty, and that's a different part of the report. I'm sure we'll get onto that later on. Right, right. Well, let's take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the phone and email and and chat bots and things like that, because you had some interesting revelations that actually uh, they're contradictory to some of the things that I've been thinking and, and doing on my side. But uh, you've been talking to executives of companies and I talk to uh, customers and consumers. And this is where uh, and I always find it fascinating that company executives think one thing, yet their customers think something else. And there's mm. this delta, this gap, if you will. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about that. We'll we'll talk a little bit about loyalty and much more. Don't go away. We're talking with Josh Wheeler, Strategic Events Director at Reuters Events. We're coming right back. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to come back again and again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Josh Wheeler of Reuter Events. And we've been talking about the whole customer service experience study that you you did, which is fascinating to me. Uh, this is really interesting to, to me as what, here's the question, what channel currently handles your largest volume of customers? And the people that you interviewed, again, from inside the company, and this is important, uh, they said email by 35% is number one, phone is number two. And what we found in our study, uh, again, we were consumer research, is that um, 71% of customers prefer the phone as the first method of communication to go to, email being second at 58%. However, the year before, it was almost neck and neck email and phone. Um, I think that we're going to see more and more customers willing to use digital channels. Typically, what they do is they go to a website first to go find a phone number. And in the process, they realize, well, maybe I can email somebody or maybe I can text, use an app, self-service solutions like a like a, 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 a frequently asked questions site and that type of thing. So uh, it, I just find it interesting as I look at this. And I wonder if there, the the data is uh, if you think of well, well, emails number one, phones number two. Do we make it easier to email us than call us? Because if the customer is saying I'd rather call, 
what are, what are we doing? Are we listening to our customers? Or are we just creating mm. a system that's best for us? So, for sure, and it's a really interesting. I mean, when we look at omni-channel experiences and and the sort of channel volume, it's really interesting to to look at these stats. As you said, when you said that uh, consumers, you know, phone is the highest. Um, for me, as a consumer, I hate getting on the phone. I well, yeah, really, but, but really, what, what, yeah. what's your what generation <laughs> yeah. are you? <laughs> I I wouldn't want to tell you. I couldn't possibly reveal. Uh, <laughs> well, I can tell who he, I can tell just by looking. You're not a baby boomer. All right. And no, by the way, quite. baby yeah. boomers are driving that stat very, very high. 87% mm-hmm. of boomers versus Gen Z, the youngest generation, 60% prefer the phone. And if you go to email, you'll see uh, that it's really very tight uh, between 57 or actually between 55 and 59% uh, boomers, Gen X, Gen Z, millennials, they're all kind of clustered together. So email is the second choice, and they all kind of like that. And uh, maybe maybe companies need to teach their customers the easiest, best, frictionless way to get the answers they're looking for. Yeah, and and actually, I had a really interesting conversation uh, earlier this week, in fact, with um, the director of digital transformation and innovation from Novo Nordisk, um, who did some really interesting work in that field. Um, but we were speaking about believe it or not, digital transformation. Um, and she made a really interesting point around um, when we talk about digital transformation, when we talk about these channels, you know, what is the customer need that's driving that transformation? You know, what 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 box are we ticking for the customer that, that's triggering that transformation? And and I think there is sometimes a tendency based on the, the research we've done uh, for transformation for transformation's sake, digital channels, because that's the thing, right? We want digital channels. We want to be everywhere. But are we satisfying a customer need by doing that? Um, as you kind of alluded to earlier, are we satisfying an organizational need by doing that, by easing volume or by directing customers um, to a particular channel? Um, and you know, as you highlighted with the consumer stats, if there are certain demographics or certain groups that prefer one channel, why is that? Is that their preference they're most comfortable with? Is that the channel we've made easiest? Is there another channel where they prefer? These are all questions that people are still tackling. And obviously the uh, the pandemic, if we're allowed to use the P word, um, threw up a lot of these questions or, or flipped things on its head in terms of the channels we were using. Um, right. Yeah. To, more to, and more to, people to... use the phone than ever because they just wanted to talk to somebody. They were isolated at home. They couldn't get out. I just, just want to talk to connection. Yeah, the customer <laughs> just... service rep is my new best friend. <laughs> exactly, exactly that, and 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 that we've seen that that need for uh, what we've been calling you know the human touch, uh, continue into twenty twenty three, and and it's really about striking that balance between digital channels and and the human element, and and there's definitely, you know, all one way or the other. Neither of neither of those are ways to go. There's a there's a there's a fine fine balance to be struck, and I think. Um, as a community, we're, we're still discovering what that is. Yep. So I am looking at some stats out of the report. Uh, we're going to jump into KPIs. And oh, gosh, we're looking at KPIs. Can, is that boring or what? No, it's not. This is this is exciting. I, I You asked, you you basically gave every everybody you asked a range of different KPIs. 
in a call center, average resolution time, first response time, uh, customer satisfaction score, customer effort score, net promoter score, customer lifetime value, customer health score. So all of these, I love that uh, tied for first first place are customer satisfaction scores and net promoter scores, which means the executives are very interested in making sure we are highly rated in these areas. And the only way it happens is that we deliver on the experience. Yeah, precisely. And I think that's what drives, you know, one of the stats we talked about earlier about, you know, how reducing friction and improving the quality of the service experience are two of the top priorities uh, for executives this year. I think, you know, by improving those, we drive up those stats. And then again, to tie it back to that in, in investing for impact, by driving up those stats, we can demonstrate value, demonstrate ROI, uh, and improve our CX further. It's a, it's a machine that when it's running smoothly, um, it just increases value across the board. Right. And and if we can, I, I, I think the tone, I would say, for the report and something that I've really, I've found an emphasis on in my conversations this year has been that now is not the time to back away from that in any way or shy away or if budgets are tight in any way cut back in that department because if we do that's when we lose the customer that's when you know the customer goes elsewhere we lose out and we struggle particularly in turbulent or uncertain times uh not to be doom and gloom but uh i well, think well no your I, your point is well taken at companies that decide to cut where the customer is going to notice or making the huge mistake you're saying don't cut if anything it's time to bolster some of these efforts to make sure that we retain our customers in tough times because guess who will be there when we come out of tough times the customers we've been taking care of well this is the thing and i actually i have a, a sneak peek stat from part 1 of the report um, that is set for release February 6th. Uh, so may well be out in the wild um, um, by the time people hear this hear this conversation. But uh, the stats show that um, the vast majority of, of, of companies have seen a moderate or significant increase in the perceived value of CX. I don't think there's any argument that it's uh, that CX and CS have been considered unimportant in the past year or the past couple of years. But in 2023, so for example, 36% of the organizations we we asked have seen what they would describe as a significant shift in the importance or the the perceived importance of service and experience initiatives. And 39% have seen a moderate increase. But the fact that it's increasing and people are seeing it as even you know even more of a priority, I think is 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 a really interesting, really really interesting stat that's come out of this report right that that's amazing i, I think um it just validates what we're looking at and for years and years people have said the investment in customer experience will be the most important investment you make by the way uh satisfaction and net promoter scores were what was highly rated i just want to throw a couple uh out here that i think tie into what you mentioned about how roi is important well what demonstrates ROI better than your customer lifetime value. And when we looked at the different areas that you asked these executives to rate, ROI, return on investment, and customer lifetime value both came in at second behind the satisfaction net promoter scores. By the way, the net promoter and satisfaction scores are going to drive 
a customer coming back and they're going to drive your bottom line. There's another really interesting stat that you had here. And that was you had customer effort score and employee effort score, which was really important. So I want to shift. We only have a couple, three minutes left. I would love to shift to the employee experience because obviously an investment into the employee experience and making a frictionless experience internally will be felt on the outside by customers. No, for sure. And, you know, employee experience is something that um, has really come to 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 dominate a, lo- a lot of what we talk about uh, in in our content, in our in our reports and and our in-person events, um, because obviously, again, during the pandemic, um, a lot changed for employees. Uh, the, there was a lot of talk about the future of work, remote versus in-person. Um, and I think you know many, many people, if they didn't already, really realize the impact that employee experience has on customer experience. And you know it seems it seems like a, a fairly obvious thing to say that the happiest the happier your employees are, the more engaged, empowered, motivated your employees are the happier your customers are going to be, the better experiences they're going to have. Um, but that's actually easier said than done. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of nuance there uh, that I think we're still, we're still finessing. We're still working out um, in terms of how best to empower your employees, how to get your employees bought in and engaged with customer experience. And that's, as we mentioned, um, as we mentioned earlier, um, that's both for your frontline employees, your call center agents, um, your, your, your CX teams, um, and your internal employees as well. You know, the 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 end goal is or or it should it should be the customer, right? In all things, yep. And uh, getting people bought into that, uh, and you know, improving employee experiences through that lens is 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 crucial. Uh, is yeah, is crucial. Well, I think that it's important to recognize that uh, yeah, even though you want customers to come back again and again, you need your employees to be taken care of because they're going to drive that. So when you asked all these executives, what was important to providing a great employee experience? Number one was training and development and right behind, uh, actually, yeah. Well, I'm going to go a step further. I'm looking at the stats now. 31% empowering them with intelligent tools. 30% said training and development and 29% said encouraging feedback uh to get the you know make things better so here's my my point oh by the way at the bottom was competitive compensation and perks i would love to see if we went to those same companies and i'm going to throw this is what you need to do next this is your next big project okay i'm if if i was the boss (laughs) this is what i would say josh this is what you need to do you need to go ask the employees of these same companies and see if they align with Mm. what the executives think is important to a great employee experience. By the way, I know from all the stats and facts that compensation and perks, they're not, it's not at the top. It's the way people are treated. They want opportunities to grow. They want to be trained and they want to develop skills more. So all of those are really important, making I, it I easy think, for them too. I think the key, again, you, you mentioned the training and development there. I think development is really the key part of that. Yes. I think, you know, training is obviously one thing, um, but but that, that development point is 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 a really uh, kind of deep concept and and something that that is really vital to to again that buy-in, that engagement and and improving those employee experiences. We're not just looking at, you know, um train them as best we can. Uh we're looking at how can we help these people grow? How can yep. we 
you know, um, get them involved in other projects, other initiatives? How can we get their feedback, use their feedback and demonstrate how that's being used to refine employee experiences and customer experiences? You know, at the end of the day, your frontline employees that are interacting with your customers are going to have a pretty good idea of what that customer experience looks like. They've been talking to the customer. Um, and, you know, that's that's all part of, you know, using that develop uh, that that feedback feeds into the development and yeah that would be don't don't neglect the development part that would be my uh my advice well that's right at the very very top and and you know you de- i think that uh when you everybody's trying to make it easier on customers and yet right at the top was give them the intelligent tools they need which means it makes it easier on the employee to give the better experience develop that employee give them the opportunity to grow uh, intellectually as well as within the company. And you're going to see employees that want to stay. And by the way, really important topic right now, employer retention. Mm. How do you do it? Make sure your employees are happy. The EX should be right in line with your CX, employee experience and customer experience. And that's where, you know, one of my uh, favorite things that I've seen emerge, um, I've seen over the past year, uh, has been this this idea of the human experience or the total experience mm-hmm. and looking at it holistically across the employee experience, the customer experience um, and other stakeholders that you know that come together as this that's really what we're talking about is the, is the human experience right yeah. Um, yeah and how we can look at that as an overall um, aim how can we improve the human experience as an organization um and and yeah, we, we we've had lots of uh, interesting conversations about that in New York at our previous show, uh, and we're planning a lot more. Uh, we'll be in San Diego this coming May, uh, and we have uh, quite a lot of content around that human experience, that total experience, and what that looks like holistically. Yeah, love it. Hey, we're just about well, we are out of time. We're way over time. This is like the longest interview I've done in a long time. That's because I I geek out over the stats and facts and findings. The numbers make sense to me. Your your explanation behind them is fascinating. My final question, it's the same with every guest. Is there one last nugget of information that you want to share with us that you feel this audience needs to know? I mean, I think we mentioned loyalty earlier. And I, I really do believe that that's what a lot of this comes to. You want your customer to come back. You want to keep that customer. You want them to come back again and again or stay with you or, you know, whatever that customer relationship looks like. And 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 that that is the ultimate goal, repeat business. Um, and all of the, these areas that we mentioned in the report uh, and will re- mention in its subsequent parts, that's what this leads to. That's the end goal. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about aligning CX initiatives with business goals. That's in very basic terms, the business goal is bring the customer back, keep them with us. Right. Without um, customers, you don't have a business, do you? Yeah, that's that's the key part. They, they hold. <laughs> what? Did uh, I just say something power. brilliant? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would like to request that on a T-shirt if I can. That's uh, some new Shep merchandise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But 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 yeah, I think that would be it. You know, that's really what we're looking at is is customer loyalty and, and repeat business. Um, and if we can if we can tick those boxes, if we can we can tackle these challenges that we cover in the report, um, we're well on our way to achieving that in 2023. Um, something we didn't get to mention uh, that hopefully hopefully we can talk about another time is empathy, having empathy for your employees and for your customer. Um, 
I don't want to run you out of time. We could talk about oh, everything. No, we could do that. Maybe, maybe we just have to bring it back a second time in the next month or two. That would be that would be worth it. Um, it's great. I agree with everything you've said. I, I love it. Again, I love the numbers. I think that when you see executives saying it's time for us to really double down on the customer experience, the investment that we have, all I ask in return is that you give me the ROI. You show me how getting a customer to come back and the investment we make on fixing problems, providing information, answering questions, creating new channels for them to reach out to us on. All of that investment needs to pay off. But let's not leave out the very last part of our conversation, just prior to that one thing question, which is the employee experience. Because really, if you don't get that right, it's going to be felt on the outside. Customers are going to notice it and they're going to go elsewhere. So great interview today, Josh. Thank you so much for being on the show. No, thanks for having me, Shep. It was uh, it was great to really uh, you know get into the report and 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 unpack it. I'm the same. I geek out over all these stats. Uh, and for any stat geeks out there, this is this is the report for you. There's there's a, there's a wealth of stats we didn't get to. So uh, I'm excited for it to right to, we'll, to get to everybody. We'll put a a link to it in the show notes. But uh, it's the Reuters Events State of Customer Service and Experience 2023 survey. What I'm looking at is the introduction to the four areas that you're focused on as the uh, new reports one by one come out, uh, the four parts, it'll happen throughout the year. And of course, there are events that you can attend, right? Uh, the next one you mentioned, May 2023 in San Diego. Absolutely. We'll be headed to San Diego May 10th and 11th, 2023. We're, we're at the Hyatt Regency um, Mission Bay Spa and Marina. Very and, nice. Very yeah, nice. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a lovely venue. We're happy to be back. Um, and we'll be there for two days. Uh, we have an, a phenomenal speaker lineup this year. Um, our, Is our Chef Hyken going to be on that? Uh, no, I'm <laughs> I, just I, would lo- <laughs> I would love him to be, especially today's conversation. Let's... Uh, record a podcast episode live who knows Very, we haven't that done would that be before. fun to do we that should do be that. fun get do. some audience participation uh but yeah we've got ihg there m&t bank charles schwab um bank of america t-mobile cvs health verizon carhartt the list goes on uh so there's going to be some amazing conversations in the room um and i hear san diego is really lovely that time of year so san diego uh, nice is really lovely any time of year yeah. it really is All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Josh Wheeler was amazing today. Shared stats, facts, insights from the Reuters Events State of Customer Service and Experience 2023 survey. We will be back next week with another amazing interview. So please stay tuned. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.